Scano Sego Ani Bojo Kwekwe Tansi, and good morning and welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses, on the phone all the way from Burlington, Ontario. However, that may not be far away, but this woman is certainly from a far uh, afield, and she's just acclimatizing herself to the weather. She's from Australia, and her name is Kim Busty Breeze. Uh, Busty, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. And uh, before you say anything, I just want to tell people a little bit about what you're on the show for. And it's great because tomorrow is International Women's Day. And I can't think of a better way to partly celebrate this at the Burlington Performing Arts Center, Hot Brown Honey. And you can look this up online and see some of the pictures and some some of the, uh, the, the short videos that promote this program. It looks hilarious. It looks absolutely uh, just so much fun, I cannot tell you. And it's an all-woman show, and it looks fabulous. It just looks fabulous. Here's what some of the things say about it. It features a cast of powerful women with diverse backgrounds, including Maori, Aboriginal, and a Torres Saint Islander. Uh, I'm not going to go on to try to talk about some of that other <laughs> stuff, but I will tell you this. I want to. I want to tell you about the show itself. It turns up the heat with lashings of sass and hot pinch of empowerment in the smash hit genre defying, yes, genre defying for sure, firecracker of a show that takes the world, that has taken the world by storm. It is steeped in word of the mother, and you know, I'll ask you to explain that maybe, Busty, when we get back to that for a second. But it's also packed with a punch of hip-hop politics. Hot Brown Honey will make you laugh until you cry, clap until your hands bleed, and dance in the aisles and shake every part of whatever your mama gave you. I can't think of a better way to introduce this. And when you see the uh, the, the videos and the images online, uh, I think you will agree that it certainly does look like a show that uh, covers all of that. Busty, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you for taking the time, and, uh, and we appreciate you uh, joining us. Uh, thank you so much. It is great to be here. So you said you were acclimatizing yourself. You just got here from Australia. Yes, yes. We just flew in um, yesterday. So, yeah, feeling the <laughs> little bit crazy. We came from 40-degree heat with Celsius. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a bit of a, 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 bit of a stretch. So, uh, well, yeah. I hope, uh, hopefully it won't stay this cold too much longer. It's supposed to break a little bit, and we're actually supposed to warm up to maybe minus 7. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, yeah. tell us a little bit about the show. Let's let's go back. How long has this show been in ex- existence? Um, let me see. So we really started. Um, it started as a club night, actually. Okay. So just uh, really, it was me, uh, Lisa, who's the director and designer of the show, and my sister Candy. We were all kind of sitting around going. Which is not really represented anywhere mm. <laughs> on stage, you know, on television, mm. um, especially like artists like us who had been working for a really long time and also were quite spooky and quite political. And so we decided to put on some nights around Australia, which just kind of brought in some special guests and um, allowed us to just be who we wanted to be mm. on stage. Yeah, and so it was in 2014 when Lisa and I were like, okay, we have met so many amazing honeys, like on the fringes all around Australia and the world. We were like, well, it's really 
it's time to write ourselves onto stage. And that's mm. when we started writing this show, Hot Brown Honey, Fighting the Power Never Tasted So Sweet. So <laughs> that was really um, uh, the kind of beginning moments. And we, and we worked uh, at a place in um, Brisbane uh, called the Judith Wright Centre. Judith Wright was a poet from Brisbane. Mm. And um, there's an art centre kind of around her based around her and um yeah we started writing this show and we started gathering the honeys from all around australia and we uh created this work mm. so yeah it's been for five years now and we've been touring pretty hard for for about four years and you've done extremely well with this show i mean it's <laughs> you won uh, edinburgh award i believe yeah yeah we uh, we're quite um I wouldn't say we're surprised, but we're, we were wondering what uh, the world would, how the world would feel about a show, uh, you know, where our main sort of catch cry is decolonize and moisturize. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, it's been really interesting to see. Like, we're all from such varying um, kind of heritages as well, and we all, like, are on stolen land in Australia, like, we live there. So uh, we were like, how do we make work on stolen and made? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so the show, I mean, it, it gives you a warning here on, on uh, the bottom of the page here. It says, warnings, adult <laughs> themes, haze machine, drug references, nudity, coarse language, smoke machine, sexual references, strobe effects, trigger warning. What is a trigger warning? What does that yeah. mean? Trigger warning is just like when something is really um, something might trigger you. Know, you. Quite sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but with all those references, it gives you a sense of uh, a little bit about this show. It, it, there's also another description. It's one of those shows you see where it is not just theater or cabaret. It's the beginning mm-hmm. of a massive movement, or it's a subversion of knowledge that you hold dear, or a mighty sucker punch to the things you you thought theater was capable of. That that's quite a quote, and it it certainly does say something about the performance itself. It it, it looks outrageous in in terms of what you're doing, and maybe that's what the world needs. Like you said, maybe it needs some of that, especially yeah. by women. You know, to bring this forward, yeah. it's 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 an, it's courageous, and it just sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> it is. We do use humour a lot. <laughs> so, you know, we have to because <laughs> we have to laugh right. um, because, you know, sometimes things are just so intense in this world that we live in. And um, as we all, like, identify as global Indigenous women as well, we're like, okay, there's some stuff here that, like, you know, is we don't, we can't necessarily... Um, you know, have make fun of or, mm. uh, you know, but we are like, we do connect on that, on that level of going, you know, we need to laugh and mm. we need to eat, <laughs> you know, together. Let's see what happens. So can you take me through a little bit of the show and the different parts of, of things that, that people will see when they, they go to see the program? Um, yeah, sure. Well, we try and, um, the first thing that we do is, uh, Really, every space we go to, we make our own. <laughs> so we want to create a really safe space, right? Which, um, you know, for us and for audiences to yeah, come right. in and have a moment together, you know, and then change the world. But mm. then, like, um, <laughs> yeah, we we actually do um, 
we start with the crossover point for us is like we want to go part nightclub, uh, part political theatre, um, part social activism. So, um, yeah, the first point of call is that you get to meet everyone as you walk into the um, theatre. Wow. Uh, and this, this is very important to us because it's about welcome, welcoming people into a space. Right. Um, yeah, and that for us is very... Um, very important. Like, like I said, we're all from such different heritages. So mm-hmm. we've got, um, you know, Offa is, uh, her background is Tongan, like Islander, Pacific Islander. Right. And uh, Lisa to Moan background. And Hope is uh, Maori, New Zealand. Yeah. And uh, Indonesian so, and South African heritage as well. Indonesian, South African. And Eleanor's uh, Aboriginal mm. um, from Arnhem Land. Mm. In Australia, yeah. And so, yeah, it's really, um, yeah, what we found is like we want to celebrate celebrate our uh, similarities and yep. differences. And what we found just like making this work is that like we have a lot of similarities in our cultures mm-hmm. and one of them is welcoming people. <laughs> we Absolutely. really love gathering and welcoming people. <laughs> yeah. So that's the number one, you know, the number one thing people will first uh, get to experience when they walk into a space. Mm. Um, yeah, and then we've got like, you know, a three-metre high beehive that talks, but uh, she is the mother. We refer to her as the mother. Mm. Um, and you know, the, the narrative, I suppose, is that the mother has kind of sensed what's going on uh, with uh, the world and is not very happy about that. So she has sent um, Busty Beats and the Honeys to, um, you know, make some changes. <laughs> I see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great setup. Um, I, yeah. I really like the fact that you are you're meeting people as they come in. That's 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 really nice. Kind of breaking down the fourth yeah. wall there, and and um, yeah, and, and just welcoming, as you said. That's that's very cool. Yeah, and of course, uh, fat beats. We love music, so <laughs> there's mm. a really awesome mixtape playing as that happens. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so so once once you've got everybody in there and you, you you're mm. you're inviting yeah. them into this world, I imagine mm. uh, from from what I see of the performances that you guys do, it, it says it's yeah. about seventy four minutes. Is there a, a, a an intermission? No, it's straight through. It is eh? okay. <laughs> It's a roller coaster ride straight in. <laughs> so, how yeah. many how many women are in the show altogether? Uh, we have six. Okay. And um, yeah, so uh, yes, like I said, so Lisa um, is the director and designer and choreographer. Mm. Um, yeah, of of the show, and she's got some really interesting. She's always kind of dissecting that kind of exotic narrative that happens around. Indigenality. <laughs> mm. Yeah. You know what? I'm really, I'm really glad you mentioned the choreography and the costumes mm. because they are yeah. a, a huge part of this show. Um, yeah. And and you know it, it it's it's an element that a lot of people don't necessarily think about in terms of when they they see a performance. It's it's a lot focused on the on the performance, which of course is uh-huh. in your case, I imagine, and I was going to lead into this question. It looks like it's a very demanding role on all of you. You guys must be exhausted yeah. by the time you finish. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> it is there, there is a lot of um yeah, there's a lot of dancing, <laughs> mm-hmm. singing, you know, the circus. Yep. Um 
and um, poetry. Uh, yeah, so we are beatboxing. Hope on the beatboxer is mm. an amazing kind of renowned in the southern hemisphere for her beatboxing. Mm. Um, yeah, so yeah, it is quite. Um, yeah, it's full on, quite taxing, and then you know, and just as we welcome people in, though, we also kind of, um, you know, um, let like come out at the end as well mm. to kind of uh, let people have a moment and and um, come out and say goodbye to everyone. Yeah, um, so that those two parts of it too, like it's all a part of what we do. So um, yeah, so. <laughs> At the end, we're, we're like a little bit like, you know, tired and sweaty, but like it's really great to actually connect with audiences and talk about, have a moment. Like, you know, we don't go too hard, but we, we, we like to, um, you know, see how people have gone <laughs> during, mm. during the show. Yeah. yeah. What, what's your biggest surprise from doing this show that you've had from a reaction, whether it be from audience participants or from from media coverage what's what's your biggest surprise about this um i think uh, for me it is definitely that people have uh audiences and media actually have been on board mm. um you know I, I think it's timing i think it's uh what's going on at the moment in the world the massive shifts um going on as well, and that um, people are really um, actually want to want to make change. Like you know, when uh, it's it's interesting because we're not saying, oh, we're we're going to help change the world, da da da. But you know, the stage is our battlefield, and we really are, are very like you know, we're very thoughtful about that, and we're very much um, very interested in how. Um, we as you know as individual humans and a, a, as a crew uh, fit into movements that have been going for you know many many years um and how we're just like a part of that cog <laughs> mm. in a massive sort of um movement towards better a better world and how do you think you're contributing to that better world um well we're definitely putting um a lot out there <laughs> okay we're putting our stories out there. Sure. So firstly, our stories like haven't really been heard mm-hmm. so um, or seen. So we are really clear that like, you know, this is, this is from our perspective and a perspective that hasn't been, you know, hasn't, hasn't been around, like it's always been there, but, you know, you haven't seen it in on the main stage, on centre stage. Um, so from that, our main aim is to have conversations and to have conversations start or, you know, or to, be, uh, to reflect our communities as well. So, um, and in that little way, just being able to do that <laughs> yeah. is pretty massive for us. Sure it is. Now, when you say that, have you had anyone come up to you or send you an email or, or in, in any regard to that extent, had someone say, you know, from seeing this and th- seeing your stories through your use of humor, et cetera, et cetera, performance, you've, oh. you've, you've made me think about my own, my own perspective or, you know, uh, as a non-Indigenous person, I, I, you've mm. made me change my thinking or made me want to know more or, you know, something like that. Yeah, yeah definitely. We have, which has been, you know, so amazing um, to actually go... Oh, that 
that have had, like, you know, even from the little things, like we have a track called Don't Touch My Hair, um, you know, which mm. is pretty self-explanatory. Right. But, like, you know, the, the fact that, like, um, we did, we've had audience members actually say, wow, I haven't actually thought about that before. Mm. Um, you know, that actually touching someone without their consent, mm. especially their hair, even mm. just their hair, right. is a... Um, is, is problematic. It's like, really? Okay, but that's great. Mm-hmm. You're going to go and remember that right. <laughs> every time. <laughs> and I guess it starts with yeah. the little things too, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting because the microaggressions are the things that can really wear you down. Like we <laughs> all understand the big, the big things that yeah. on and they feel massive, but it's sometimes there's little things like um, in Australia we get asked um, you know where you're from a lot, mm. like so. It's kind of like, well, um, when that comes from a non-indigenous person, it's really loaded because mm. you're saying, "Why don't you look like I do?" <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're really like really interested in touching on all those subjects, and then then actually having this roller coaster, awesome, fun time, and party of a show, and then um. For people to actually go away and unpack that um, is is a part of the aim as well. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, um, mm. Now, but but it's had international. I mean, wherever you've traveled, sounds like yeah. it's it's gone over very well. So it's it's a universal message yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Yes. Which is one of our um, you know surprises as well, especially going to like pay. Hmm. <laughs> really sure how that would um, go over, because we're directly, you know, we're directly anti-colonialist. So (laughs) we were like, oh, here we are in the living. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much just all our people, so how do we deal with this? (laughs) Right. But um, there are are just amazing, amazing humans over there too, like a heap of like, you know, people, people of colour, as they say, um, you know, people who um, have some really interesting insights into, like, being in England. And, you know, for us, we, we got to perform at the Queen Elizabeth Hall <laughs> at the Southbank Centre. So that was really great. Like, we were just kind of laughing because, you know, we were, we were like, wow, how, how much... Uh, you know, decolonization can you do mm. on one stage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So listen, yeah. uh, uh, Kim, or Busty uh, Beats, as, as you, yeah. you're called, um, we have to take yeah. a short break here on the show, but we will be right back. So don't you go away, because I want to continue talking to you. We'll be right back on yeah. Moment of Truth and Element FM right after this. We are back on Moment of Truth and Element FM and you are listening to, uh, uh, as I say, Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses, and we are speaking with Kim Busty Beats Bowers of the show Hot Brown Honey. That show is going to be in Burlington tomorrow and Saturday, uh, the uh, March 8th and 9th. And, of course, that is International Women's Day tomorrow, and it is an all-women's show. Uh, a very <laughs> fun, energetic, and uh, has your show been compared to... I don't know. I don't want to say burlesque, but is there an element of that in there? 
There is definitely. Well, it's, we really take burlesque and go back to its like real original form of like satire right. and making fun of the social structures mm. <laughs> around mm. us. Yeah, so definitely. So you're, you're in Burlington tomorrow for two shows mm-hmm. uh, and um, at uh, the 8th and 9th, and then you're off, uh, you said, to the West Coast, to Vancouver. Yes, we go, yeah, we go to the Colch Theatre over there, York Theatre um, in Vancouver. Mm. And, yeah. then, and then you, you, you're over there for a bit, but you're back here in Toronto mm-hmm. uh, in April and April, doing several yes. shows. Which is great yes. for people that are listening yes. and going, ah, I want to see this show. Well, you're going to be able to, so check that out online. Uh, uh, you'll be able to mm-hmm. find out they're coming up later on in April. Now, are you are you going yes. anywhere else in, in Canada? Um, those, those are the three, uh, yeah, those are our stops for this tour. And then we also go down to New York uh, and Vermont for a couple of shows. Um, this time around, yeah, but we have to come back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, mm. How do you think um, this show promotes women? <laughs> yes, well, <laughs> yeah, we, um, yeah, we're pretty much all about empowerment mm-hmm. and fierceness, and um, you know, women being able to uh, like get up there and, um, you know, do what, do what we need to do. We're always doing what we need to do, but, like, we are now, like, we need to be center stage doing that. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So on every level, we're all about, like, um, promoting, promoting that, um, you know, women are, um, you know, it, it, it's time to really stop and listen and, and listen, especially in the way that we work with the word of the mother, <laughs> mm. our talking beehive and the mother. Um, yeah, so uh, we definitely, you know, have a sense of like this is who we are and uh, we are unafraid and unapologetic about who we are. Mm. Um, and we really hope that audiences get to feel that as well. So uh, I'm just looking at some of the images that uh, I pulled offline to uh, to um, to to look at the show, get a sense of what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's colorful, it's bright at times, um, mm-hmm. and uh, the hive, as you mentioned, and that's what you call your website, I believe, the hive. Welcome to the yeah. hive, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm just wondering um, the name of the show, Hot Brown yeah. Honey. Yeah. What? Uh, how did you come up with that name, and why? Um, well, it definitely was a um, bit of a thought shower. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, um, kind of trying to work out how um, we could um, best describe something um, that we were. Mm. And also, like, you know, it's a bit like, um, you know, the play on words as well. Like, sure. really, like, it's all about getting sticky, sticky <laughs> with topics, <laughs> you know. Um, and, um, you know, we really, um, yeah, it, it, it came after a long time. Mm. Uh, and, and then we also like the idea of, you know, in the hip hop world, you know, called honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we were like, okay, yeah, this, this could work. So yeah, it took a little bit of time, but we, we, we kind of got there 
Um, and yeah, it's just sort of stuck as well. <laughs> we had a few ideas for names, right? But then we were like, we also were like, well, we want to be, you know, a crew, <laughs> you know, this this all right. female crew. Um, <laughs> like, imagine if we were all B girls. <laughs> what right. would you call? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, as I look at the the one image, that it's the first image I think that's on the the website or that you go to and click on, um, and mm. and it has the the whole, the bunch of you there. It's a sort of uh, mm. from waist up. You're all gathered in this yeah. shot with your attitude faces on and and uh, the hair flying, <laughs> yeah. and and it's a great yeah, image. Yeah. And I really yeah. think it captures well the name of the show and also the <laughs> attitude of of all you guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it was really um that's that's what we wanted to do too, because we're like, um and a little bit of like, you know, theatre what mm. they call it, theatre trickery yep. to go, Oh, you do you think it's this? <laughs> well, this is what you're gonna get. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else can you uh, tease us with, if you don't mind, in terms of of what people might might experience when they when they go to the show? Yeah, well, um, like the honeys, they are so like extremely talented. Like they are just amazing. So you will get like the full kind of breadth and width of uh, amazing singing amazing um, aerial performance. Mm. Uh, you know, it's the group numbers that really kind of hit home. We, we Like um, we said before, like we do love uh, like playing on the whole idea of burlesque. So mm. we have a fan dance, but like our fans are kind of made out of um, old uh, records. Okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and we do like, I mean, they talk about burlesque and striptease and stuff like that, mm. but our striptease are from, uh, it's called a tracksuit strip, so we just kind of go from tracksuit to tracksuit. <laughs> ah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, the other sense I get from this show is, aside from all the fun and all the excitement and, and the, the, the pacing of this, I'm sure, plays a big part of it. Um, yeah. But I also get a sense that there's an element, as you say, it, but just from your, your introduction that you talked about where you meet people as they come in to greet you. Um, and, mm-hmm. and you want to get a sense of, of breaking down that wall that um, there's a, an element of, uh, uh, you know, what happens happens kind of thing. That, that is, is this. Yeah. It's, not, it's not as polished as you're going to go see a, a high-end musical performance that, no. that you might go see, and right? <laughs> yeah, no, well, well, they're quite raw. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's a part of it, though, too, to of actually course, yeah. go, um, yeah, especially in our world, too, we're trying to hold a space where our fierceness equals our vulnerability, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. Um, yeah, so we're really, um, uh, yeah, trying to add those. And, of course, we, we the way we make work as well is, that like we talk about genre defying, but it's just because we use whatever tool uh, and or discipline you know or form we have to get the story across. Mm. Uh, so um, you know, it's it's really important for us to use everything we have at a, to to make the make it work. Yeah. Now you mm. say you've you've been doing this for about four years. 
Um, yeah. Has the has the show evolved or changed since you started it because of I don't know I don't know international events or or things that have yeah. happened that have influenced yeah. what you're doing. Ah, uh, yes, definitely. Because part of the show is um, specifically my part is social commentary. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we're always uh, wherever we go. Actually, we we check out what's going on, mm, right? <laughs> and um, yeah, uh, and slightly you know tailor to what's happening because with what we found is like a lot of the the, the pieces of the show are so universal. Mm. Um, we know by putting a like um, using a particular name or uh, putting a spin on something that's going on in a particular region, we're like ah, uh, that just like uh, contextualizes it on a local level, which we're really into doing. <laughs> well, I can tell you yeah. that you've got a bit to work with right now <laughs> here in Canada. <laughs> I've been watching. I've been watching at what's going on? Oh my god! <laughs> well, it should yeah. be interesting to see how you work that into the show. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's very timely that uh, there is a couple of uh, of, of women uh, political figures that have made it into the news that uh, are 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 sort of uh, giving you something, some material to there to work with, as as well as International oh, yeah. Women's Day. So uh, there's a couple yeah. of things that you have that I'm sure could be fun and uh, and interesting. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> So I'm, yes. what else? Now you know what is in, also interesting is we we were talking just before you got on the air um, that mm. we actually had uh, someone else from Australia just recently on the show that you happen to know, mm-hmm. Alex Dumiji. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's so that's weird. So great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Alex is very like you know amazing, amazing on all levels. <laughs> mm. Like an amazing performer, mm-hmm. um, and also an amazing activist, right? And um, you know, creates spaces and you know, works um, for uh, Aboriginal people back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, really. Wow, it was so great to hear his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It's yeah. it's a small world, so uh, it's great yeah. that to, you were able to. To uh, they were able to connect uh, that that and, and big shout out to him if he happens to be listening. Hey, speaking of that, uh, people can listen online to our show as well through our website. Uh, in mm-hmm. case there's uh, someone listening back home, you want to put a shout out to anybody? Uh, yes, I might give a shout out to the um, to the radio, the Aboriginal radio station in Brisbane, cool. <laughs> which All is right. ninety eight point nine FM. Mm. Okay. Like, yeah, they're, they're quite amazing. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, they've got a, a some amazing, uh, you know, shows on there too. And there's a show on there called Wild Black Women mm. uh, with Dr. Kelsey Bond and Angela Hurley. And I'd like to shout out to them because they are on point every time about what they basically talk about what's going on uh, in Australia right. <laughs> for the week and. Um, yeah, and they are on point every single time. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So um, we're we have a few minutes left, and uh, mm-hmm. we're going to have to wrap it up. I want to uh, I want to give a shout out to the show uh, and, and just uh, give some particulars about the show again. But before we do mm-hmm. that, is there anything else that you would like to mention or talk about that we haven't touched on yet? Um. Oh, I think we 
we've just about touched on everything. <laughs> Good. Yeah, but you know, if people want to come along and you know, you know, experience um, our world, we would love to see you and meet you. And um, also, you know, I think it's timely too that, <laughs> like, you know, having a look at the news and what's going on, you know, the the politics of what's going on in in this part of the world at the moment. It, it, it's a fun way to actually go, okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. let's, um, yeah, let's party and, um, and decolonize at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. You know, um, it, it's also interesting for people, yeah. I think, sometimes that are too, cl- too close to something to see mm. an outsider's interpretation. And, yeah. and so, you know, because it, it can sometimes put fresh eyes on, on a story or, or an issue that, that mm-hmm. may bring something that you hadn't thought about to that. So, Yeah. Right? Yeah, great. And we've got, like, I mean, you know, we're from Australia. <laughs> like, our perspective is, like, <laughs> really from far away. <laughs> it, it's far away, but it's close at the same time, you know. There's yeah. a lot of similarities between uh, Canada oh, yeah. and, and Australia in some ways. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. So. Yeah. So, so listen, I want to uh, let everybody know that uh, we are talking to Kim Busty Beats Bowser, uh, Bowers, and she is from the Hot Brown Honey production that is going to be mm-hmm. on at the Burlington Performing Arts Centre tomorrow. Uh, that's mm-hmm. March 8th and March 9th. Um, and yes. then they're heading off to uh, the West Coast for a little while before coming back to do okay. some shows later on in Toronto. And yes. uh, you can look them up online to find out more information about Hot Brown Honey and their performance. Yes. And, you know, uh, as I mentioned, uh, you, you did make a mark at the Edinburgh Fringe uh, Festival, um, yes. correct? And, and I believe you won an award there. Yeah, yeah, we won a, a total theater award, which is quite a prestigious award. We mm-hmm. weren't, we didn't know at the time, but it was so great. And that was for playing with form, experimentation, and mm. experimentation. Yeah, so that's that, excellent that there's an award like that out there. There is, and that's a cool award <laughs> yeah. to win. That's that's very yeah. cool. Yeah, that, that must have been. That must have felt great to to know that you've you got that. Yeah, for for really everyone, and I I mean everyone, and I mean right from the performers to the the people that work with you backstage to your yeah. your set and and lighting and in your costume and choreography yeah. people everybody. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, so it's dance, poetry, comedy, circus, striptease, and song, all of that and more, uh, because you will, as it says, you're gonna you're gonna laugh. Until you cry, you're going to clap until your hands bleed. That's a great line. I love that line. Yeah. Um, so, listen, uh, Busty, I want to say thank you very much for joining us today on the show. It's really been great talking with you, and I, I want to thank you for your time. And I want to thank you to and, and everyone in your show that is bringing this forward for your courage and for your, uh, for your ability to bring this, this uh, fun and excitement and teaching to the world. Oh, thank you so much. It is so, it's such an honor to be here and to be able to perform here. Thank you.
Yeah, it's our pleasure, and I, I certainly, I certainly look forward to seeing the show tomorrow night. Uh, I hope I can yeah. be there. So uh, I'll be, make sure yeah. to uh, try and introduce myself and and uh, say hi to you and to everyone in the show. So uh, again, Yawami Gwechen Wanishi for doing so, and that yes. is hot brown sugar. Uh, sounds like <laughs> a great, a great time, and that is tomorrow yeah. night, as I mentioned, in Burlington. Yeah. At the Burlington Performing Arts Center, I, I want to give you one last chance to say anything that might have come to mind before we end the program. Um, no, I got nothing. <laughs> okay. That's good. Uh, Kim Busty Beats, thanks very much for joining us on the show. All the best with the show tomorrow and in the future. Thank you, David. Thank you very much. And that was uh, Busty Beats from Hot Brown Honey. You're listening to Element FM, and uh, this is Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. We are going to take a break, and then we're going to be coming back, and we're going to be going into a uh, a pre-taped that was done earlier. It was actually done yesterday uh, by Kathy Sabokin, who was filling in for me. And uh, she is. Uh, she was interviewing a Gabrielle Fayant, the co-founder of Assembly of Seven Generations. You're going to hear that right after this break. Well, Gabrielle, before we dive into the mission of Indigenous Youth Voices, I'd like to know about your background. What what led you to that work at Indigenous Youth Voices? Sure. So um, I'm originally from Alberta. Uh, my family comes from one of the eight Métis settlements. Uh, so my family comes from Fishing Lake Métis Settlement. And uh, I grew up in Edmonton as well and then moved to Ottawa when I was in my teens. And so I've been here on traditional Algonquin territory ever since. Um, and working here in Ottawa, um, I've seen... I've seen several youth councils and and youth representatives, and uh, I've also been on some of those councils, and I've seen how quickly youth voices are tokenized and often forgotten. Um, And so I I really dedicated myself to amplifying and uplifting young people's voices and making sure their their needs are met and um, that they're not falling in between the gaps and, and the margins. And um, so I guess that, that work led me to uh, also working on um, the implementation of TRC Call to Action 66. And tell us, what, what is that, the number 66? And in the 94 Calls to Action in the Truth and Conciliation Report, which, by the way, was created by survivors of the Indian residential school system. There is a number 66. And what what is that exactly? Yeah, so 66 talks about uh, multi-year funding for youth-led programming, as well as building a network of best practices. Um, So I'll actually read it out for you. Um, What was listed in the, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's call to action was, We call upon the federal government to establish multi-year funding for community-based youth organizations to deliver programs on reconciliation and establish a national network to share information and best practices. So um, myself being a young person on the ground as well as involved in national level uh, topics, I've also seen how important multi-year funding is to the grassroots, to youth-led initiatives. Um, right now, there's actually no national youth funding. 
um, which kind of surprises people because, you know, we're always talking about how important young people are, how, you know, all of these crises that we see in communities, it's often because young people So why is there no preventative strategies for our young people today? Um, And I see this TRC-66 as a prevention. I see it as preventative measures, you know, to make sure that our children um, stop being removed from from their families and uh, aren't aren't involved in incarceration and, uh, and stay out of harm's way. And do great things like you're doing. Tell us about Indigenous Youth Voices and where that comes into play. So um, in 2017, uh, Minister Bennett appointed myself and two other young people uh, to work as special advisors. Um, And initially, she asked us to work on the terms of reference for a youth council for her department. And uh, like I mentioned before, um, I've seen how these youth councils get uh, swept under the rug. And so we told her that we didn't want to do that, that we didn't want to create another youth council. And so we said that we wanted to work on TRC Call to Action 66. So during our work with uh, TRC 66, um, we actually had a national survey and we heard from over 500 Indigenous youth in a span of three months, which is really, um, this is like a really large number. If you talk to many researchers across the country, it's really hard for young people um, to feel comfortable sharing their voices or to feel uh, to feel excited about research. Um, but we were really lucky to hear from so many young people. And then we also visited folks across the country and, and met face-to-face with some of them. And then we also had a national gathering. And throughout all of that work, um, there was uh, a few things that we identified very quickly. Is One, there needs to be more youth-led, Indigenous-led research. Um, And there also has to be more capacity building for community-based organizations and and youth groups. Um, So in order to do that, we, we recommended that Indigenous Youth Voices um, be incorporated as a nonprofit with the mandate to work on TRC 66. So you make the res- uh, recommendation, but what happens next? Yeah, so um, we already started working on some of the research, um, and so we're going to be releasing a research paper on what ethical, meaningful engagement means for Indigenous youth. So that's that's a part of the, the work that needs to continue. And then community-based uh, capacity building. Um, so that's something that we hope um, not only the government will see as important, but also the private sector and foundations. We hope to get their support in that. Um, and then we... We look to incorporate as a nonprofit, um, and we hope that the young people that have been engaged already will will really rally around getting TRC 66 implemented. Um, but it's really I can't really say what's going to happen next um, because we're still waiting to hear back um, from where the government uh, stands on all of this. Now, what happens after the fall election? Is that going to affect yeah. if the government changes? 
is that going to change things? I mean, not for not for me, not for us, I don't think. You know, we committed to this work, and the young people trusted us, and so we're accountable to them. Um, so we're going to push for this no matter what. Now, um, I'm, I love it when young people like yourself just take the reins and, and get the work done. And that's why you're getting such a res- great response, like 500 responses from the youth community. That's fantastic. And I think it's because it's young people talking to young people. Mm-hmm. And you'll be taking over soon. So this is absolutely fantastic. And in your own way of thinking as a young Indigenous person, part of the fastest growing demographic in Canada, what, what would your first steps be? Like you've listened to everyone, you've got some plans in the work, some recommendations you want to make, but what, what do you think is really going to get young people super excited? Um, well, one of the things I would love to hear from young people is how they can envision TRC 66 in their communities. Um, The one thing we want to avoid as much as possible is we don't want to see another top-down approach. We want it to be community-based, communities telling us what they need, um, what the concerns are, and what they believe are the solutions. Um, So that's what I'd love to hear from young people. Um, You know, what's working in your community? How could you benefit from multi-year funding? And of course, like I have some ideas from some of the youth in my network, but there's so much more that, so many more young people that we could hear from and and learn from. And you've come up with something interesting, an interactive map that points out all of the people you've talked to so far. Yeah, so that just goes back to um, all of the young people that that filled out those surveys. And um, we wanted... We wanted them to see um we wanted them to see each other, you know, so a lot of the times what happens with research is that all of the data is collected, and no one really knows or can see what happened with that research, so we wanted it to be really transparent, and also, I think that that's a really great way to um let people know that they're not alone. You know, that there's other young people that are experiencing similar things. And, and I think that that encourages young people to speak up. Well, would you say some positive steps have been taken? For example, just starting the Indigenous Youth Voices, that sounds pretty positive. Do you see change in the works? Yeah, I mean, up until now, when it comes to reconciliation and, and young people, I think that a lot of the burden has been on our shoulders. And I think that that's also really unfair. You know, I think that in this era of reconciliation, you know, when are people going to meet us? When are Canadians going to meet us supporting the work that we're already doing? And uh, we're going to continue to keep it positive and do the work that needs to be done. But we need we need people to support us and believe us. I believe you. I really do. You're fantastic. So what happens with the report? Do you have a final report you're going to be presenting coming up? Yeah, so we actually already um, provided the minister the report in, well, we we like to call it the roadmap, um, just because we see it as a a living document that's only the beginning of the work that needs to get done. Um, But we actually presented it to the minister back in June. And so since then, um, things have gotten a little bit silent. 
Um, however, ever since uh, we released the roadmap to um, the media, we've heard a little bit more from the minister's office, <laughs> and we hope to always uh, always more. go to the media <laughs> to put the pressure on for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We can work together. <laughs> Okay, so you've been putting the pressure on through the media. You're getting some response. What what is what kind of response are you getting? More requests for meetings. Um, a lot of meetings, which, it seems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lots and lots of meetings. It gets kind of tiring after a while, but um, we're hopeful that. And, you know, if this is something that the government puts on the back shelf, you know, we're still going to keep pushing. And we do have really great allies that will support this work no matter what. Now, are you traveling uh, uh, to all sorts of First Nation communities to speak to youth one-on-one? Or when you say you're surveying everyone, is that is that more electronically sending things yeah. out? Yeah, so our survey, um, this was like, this was back in 2018, um, but our survey was, uh, was national. Um, and of course, we recognize that not everyone has access to the internet like, like folks do in urban environments. Um, so we also had a radio ad kind of thing. And then that way people were able to call our 1 800 number. And then we also had a fax line set up, and we also received some surveys by mail. And then when we went to visit folks, um, they also filled them out by hand, and we we collected those. And then we also collect just having sharing circles, for example, um, just listening to the young people, listening to what's going on in their communities. And, uh, yeah, so I one of my... Um, I guess priorities was to go to my community, um, and so we were able to go visit the Métis settlements, and uh, the Métis settlements general council really supported our work, and we talked to um, some young people. We even talked to one of the youngest participants in our research was 11 years old, and so we left the door really open, and we collected a lot of qualitative data. What does an 11-year-old have to say? I'm really curious. <laughs> you know, what's funny is that he, I always remember his survey because it was just so uplifting and it was so fresh and, you know, he didn't have, I feel like sometimes when you do this work for so long, you get jaded <laughs> and uh, he didn't have any of that. He was like, we just need to have stronger communities. We need to have more gatherings. I want to see my family laughing. And that was, that was what he told us. And um, I hope that we can, we can help to make those things happen for him. Any other survey responses jump out at you? Yeah, actually, we, we kind of laugh about this one all the time. But uh, so where I'm from is there's a lot of like superstitions. <laughs> superstitions, <laughs> and, uh, what does that mean? Like we have like, you know, like ghost stories and like those old, those old like kind of scary stories. And uh, we have one that's called Goatman. Goatman? <laughs> so, yeah. Never heard it's of Goatman. It's kind of like um, a little bit like the devil, I guess you could say. And uh, so one of our one of our questions in the survey was, "What's something that keeps you safe in your community?" 
And then these these youth from Kikino Métis Settlement said goat man. (laughs) We always laugh about that because, you know, sometimes that is what keeps us safe is those those stories, those um, those scary stories, those stories from our cookums and our mushrooms. True, true. I never really thought much about it. But for those of us who don't know, can you tell us just a little bit more about Goatman? <laughs> it's one of the ways that, you know, aunties and uncles and parents and, and cookums and mushrooms, they kind of tell those to young kids so that they won't get into mischief, you know. So they'll say things like, you know, if you're not in by the time the sun goes down, Goatman's going to get you. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah. Goatman. The things I don't know. It's it's really incredible. Okay. <laughs> so you're hanging around Ottawa doing this. Mm-hmm. And is this is we gonna base yourself? Like what do you what do you see for yourself for the future? Are you gonna stay in public policy? Yeah, so in Ottawa, um I'm actually the co CEO and co founder of a youth led organization called Assembly of Seven Generations. And uh, we do a lot of uh, grassroots, community-based work here. Um, So I've been doing that for maybe like the past five years or so. And uh, we have weekly drop-ins, which is really important for young people to have consistent programming and a safe place to be with their peers. We also do uh, annual elders and youth gathering and uh, annual round dance. And we do a lot of land-based activities as well. And so we're starting to do uh, maple syrup tra- maple syrup tapping this season, which I'm really excited about. Um, so that's what I've been doing on the ground. And um, I recently uh, just finished a documentary um, in partnership with CBC and the National Film Board. And uh, I think that might be my next journey is as storytelling journalism um, here you go yeah yeah, yeah okay. I guess well, what, what's the documentary about uh so the documentary i worked on was called mamandago kwe and uh it follows a young algonquin woman and uh her her story about um her art so how she how she keeps art and uh her culture alive um, but at the same time, I also interviewed an Algonquin historian who um, articulates how Algonquin people um, were relocated from their traditional territories and how that's impacted young people's lives uh, to this day. And where um, was this filmed? Uh, mainly in Ottawa, as well as in uh, Kiraganzibi. And uh, I really wanted to tell the story of how Ottawa is located on traditional Algonquin territory and what that means. Um, Because a lot of people will say, oh, we're on unceded, unsurrendered Algonquin territory. But I don't think they actually understand what that means. No, not and I'm not Indigenous, so when I hear these things, like, I'm not quite sure what she means. Like, where is that? What am I? Because I can't find something to connect it with. Yeah, so um, basically what that means is um, there's actually never been a treaty that was signed in the Ottawa area um, for between the Crown and Indigenous people to settle on this land. So unceded unsurrendered is actually a really nice way to say um, Ottawa's on occupied territory. All right. Yes. <laughs> 
is important. What about Toronto? Yeah, so Toronto is a different story. Um, but uh, from what I've, I've been told is that it's a shared territory between Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe. Um, and there was the dish with one spoon um, wampum that was created between the two nations. Gabrielle, you're a pleasure to speak with. I wish you all the very best and good luck with Indigenous Youth Voices. Thanks so much. Miigwech. Hi, hi. Gabrielle Fayant with Indigenous Youth Voices.